Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing saving versus investing. These are two terms, Joel, saving and investing. These are two terms that we use often. These aren't terms that are new to our listeners, but there's a problem because I think oftentimes uh, a lot of folks, and I think we're even guilty of this, I think sometimes we use the terms improperly. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what saving actually means and when you should be doing it and what does investing mean and, and when should you actually be doing that. Yeah, there, there are a lot of factors that go into deciding when you should be funneling your money towards savings, when you should be funneling it towards investments. And so, yeah, there's a lot to discuss here. I think it's going to be helpful when folks are thinking about whether they should be contributing more to their 401k or padding their savings account a little bit more. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into all the specifics on this topic, my friend. Yeah. Before we get into that, let's discuss filing your taxes real quick. Oh, yeah. Because that's always fun, right? Everybody loves tax season and it's upon us now. Yeah, dude, it's full on tax season now, right? Everybody's getting their W-2s. If you're employed, maybe you're getting your 1099s from your bank because you earned interest. On right? your savings. <laughs> exactly, because you have high interest savings. But it's, it's full on tax season. And we wanted to mention this because the IRS free file is now officially open for business, right? This is at irs.gov and that's where you can go on. And if you're going to have a pretty straightforward tax return, that is a great place to go to be able to file your return 
for absolutely free. Yeah, and there are a few places you can go to file your taxes for free that we wanted to mention. IRS free file is one. Uh, you have to make under a certain income, which is actually $69,000 adjusted gross income this year to be able to file your taxes for free through the free file program. You can find that at irs.gov. There are other places too where you can file your taxes for free. And I just wanted to mention to people too, beware when someone says free federal filing, that doesn't necessarily mean your, your whole tax filing is going to be free, right? Because <laughs> exactly. there's a state filing too that you has that has to be done. And oftentimes when they tout free federal filing, it means they're going to try to charge you for the state filing at the end of it. And by the time you're completely done filling out your return, you're just going to give in and succumb and do it because you don't want to. You've go already that, done it. You don't want to go through that process exactly. again. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, that being said, credit karma tax that is one spot where you can file for free federally and at the state level. Yep. But again, make sure you read through the details there to make sure what they do not include. Uh, and TurboTax, they have a free edition as well. If you have a really simple return, right? Like if you're on the standard W-2 income, and if you know you're going to take the standard deduction, for example, which is the vast majority of folks listening, you're probably going to take the standard deduction. Uh, those are some of the qualifications to be able to be eligible for the TurboTax free edition. Yeah. And sometimes some folks you, you might need, depending on how complicated your return is, help from a CPA. You know, we talked about that with our, our friend Keith back in December. We talked about not messing up your taxes. And so, yeah, for some folks, they might want to choose professional help. But again, that's TurboTax free, Credit Karma Tax, IRS.gov for the free file. If you choose any one of those routes, you'll be good to go. Yeah. Well, I doubt many folks are excited about taxes, but we wanted to mention this as a little friendly reminder for everyone out there. You know, you love nerdy stuff. I, this is something I actually do enjoy. I, I was going to say, I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't offered a free service for our listeners to do their taxes for them. Yeah. I like doing my own taxes and I like doing our corporation taxes, like stuff that involves us. I'm, okay. in, I'm into that because I like to understand things fully. Other people's numbers. I don't really care about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck to everyone as they file their taxes. Just make sure you're not overpaying to get those taxes done. All right, Matt, let's mention the beer we're having on the show today. Our good friend Josh sent us a beer by Barrel House Brewing Company called Kong Double Hazy IPA. It's got Donkey Kong on the front. It's a yeah. pretty, pretty sweet <laughs> label. And everybody knows we like hazy IPAs. So I can't wait to crack into this one. And this label, this beer, totally makes me think of uh, King of Kong. Did you ever see that movie back in the day? That's one of my favorite documentaries of all okay. time. Okay. Yeah. It is amazing. If you've never seen King of Kong, be sure to look it up. It's about these two nerds <laughs> duking back and forth, uh, trying to be the world champion at the arcade version of Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah. A fantastic movie. And honestly, when I first saw it, the guy who's kind of the hero that you're rooting for and the guy who's kind of the evil villain who you're rooting against, <laughs> they're actual real life people, but they couldn't have been cast better, honestly, because they're perfect and you're <laughs> so like invested in the, throughout the whole process. It's such a good movie. I mean, really, dude, it, it seems like one of those made up documentaries, right? Like the mockumentaries. I'm thinking of uh, A Mighty Wind or Best in Show hilarious completely made up <laughs> like they're not documentaries at all but the story of king of kong like it, it just fit within that mold so well it's, it's hard to believe that it's it was real life completely fictitious i know <laughs> crazy that it was real life but so so good so anybody who hasn't seen king of kong go find it somewhere streaming it's a classic <laughs> it's excellent and we'll give our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode but matt for now let's get on to the topic at hand we're talking about saving versus investing and the question on a lot of people's minds should i be saving or investing my money and what's the difference? Well, folks get confused with these terms. And of course they do because they're often used improperly. For example, we call it saving for retirement. But actually... I'm pretty sure I've said that before. <laughs> I know I have too. I know that that's been the case. But what we actually mean when we say saving for retirement is investing for retirement. And saving and investing are both important. They both have their place. 
it's best to think of saving money as kind of protecting your money, right? You're locking it in place. You're making a small return on it, but you're not taking any chances. And then investing. Well, it's best to think of that as growing your money over a long period of time. But we should ideally be doing both simultaneously. We really need to be allocating money into both savings and investments in order to meet separate goals that we have, both short-term and long-term. Yeah, man. I mean, just like you said, we're fans of both saving and investing. But the problem arises when we have a goal that we should be saving for, but instead we're investing that money, right? So typically we are saving for more short-term goals, maybe to have a nice down payment for a home, to buy a car in cash. Even going on a sweet vacation can be something that you are saving towards. And keep in mind that some of these goals can take a few years to achieve. But in all those examples, you likely want to be saving your money. The other half of the problem is that sometimes we're saving money when instead we should actually be investing it right? We're investing for our longer term goals, like being able to quit work or help our kids go to college. Those are all goals that are more than just a few years in the future. So we're going to give a few considerations. The things that you need to consider before you determine whether you funnel that extra cash towards your savings account or towards the investment plan, whether it's an IRA or 401k through work, these are the questions you're going to want to ask. Well, first, what is my time horizon? And that is actually the main indicator, the most important thing you need to think about when you're deciding where to allocate that money. If you need that money within the next five years, then you're definitely a saver. There's just too much fluctuation in the market when you need your money back in a shorter time period. Markets can swing quite wildly over a short period of time. That's normal market behavior. The ultimate trajectory over long periods of time is up and to the right when we're talking about markets, Matt. But if you're investing and you need that money back in two to three years, you could lose a whole lot of your principal, right? Yeah, man. If you are investing, you need to be able to stick it out for the long haul because the ultimate trajectory of American businesses is one of strong growth, right? Like we can ride out those shorter swings if we have more time at our disposal. We think that if you want to be an investor, that you're looking at a minimum time horizon of five to seven years. When you look at the historical returns, there is a much higher probability that your money is going to grow, but you could still lose money in that time period, right? That's why they always say that past performance is not a guarantee for future returns, right? So you have to understand that there is still some risk, even with a timeline of at least five to seven years. Ultimately, the biggest risk is not investing at all and watching inflation erode your savings. Yeah, it essentially makes your money worth less and less over time as the cost of goods goes up and the return that you're making on your savings is minimal and probably pitiful pretty much right now. Yeah, these days for it, sure. Yeah, savings rates are terrible. So if you're only saving money and you're not taking any risk, you're not investing for the future, then you will see the value of your money degrade over time. But if you need access to that money in just a few years time, you just can't take the risk of investing it. And by the way, Matt, there are a lot of people that have done a lot of good number crunching when it comes to investment returns over time. And it's interesting to see that typically over a five-year period, typically over a 10-year period, the American stock market does really, really well. There are some periods though, right? Where let's say you do need your money in seven years. There are some periods in the past that the American stock market has actually declined in over a seven year period. Yeah, where there's a negative return. Yeah, they're rare, they're few and far between, but they do exist. Exactly. So that is something to know. Even though we're advocating a timeline along those lines, if you don't need that money for at least five years, preferably at least seven, you should be investing. Know that there is still a chance yeah. that you will have less money than you started with if you chose to invest instead of save. Yeah, Joel. So that is an important consideration, right? There, there is not a 100% guarantee that you're always going to grow your money within that five-year time period. It's definitely something to consider. And there are some other considerations as well that we want you to be keeping in mind when you are deciding whether you should be saving and when you should be investing. And we're going to get to those right after the break.
So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it upright. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Joel, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah, and even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. 
It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. All right, Joe, we're back from the break talking about saving versus investing. And man, before we dive into more of these other aspects that we want folks to keep in mind, I think sometimes the trap that we fall into when we should be saving our money, but instead we're investing is because saving sounds so boring. Yeah. Doesn't it? it like does, it yeah. is not sexy at all. Whereas investing, that seems like sophisticated and polished, you know, like saving, that sounds super passive. You're just kind of, I'm just saving my money. You're just squirreling it away. Yeah. You're not really doing anything exciting with it. I know that's what happened to me when I was younger, actually. Like when I started my Roth IRA for the first time, I heard that that was something that you're supposed to do. I had zero money in savings in the bank. Like I didn't have an emergency fund, nothing. But I started my Roth IRA and that didn't pan out so well because I had to tap that money because I was broke. (laughs) (laughs) This is right after college. And I completely withdrew those contributions. And that's just not the best move financially. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Roth IRA is nice because it has a little bit more flexibility, right? You were able to tap those contributions. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But typically, retirement accounts offer very little access to the funds once you put them in. And that brings us to the next thing that you really have to consider before you decide whether you're gonna be a saver or an investor, and that's liquidity. Liquidity is basically saying how easy is it to access the funds that you're putting away. Investing your money will make it harder for you to access. Retirement accounts have rules to prevent us from treating them like piggy banks and savings accounts, right? You're going to be subject to taxes and fees if you pull money out of a traditional IRA or a 401k. There are so many issues when you're trying to access retirement funds before you hit retirement age. So you better be darn sure that you are okay not touching that money before you put it inside one of those accounts. And this is good because you want the money you have invested to stay put and work for you over a long period of time. And by the way, Matt, if we're talking about investing in real estate as opposed to investing in the stock market, well, that poses pretty major liquidity risks too, right? Like having an individual property and then trying to sell it while you're going to pay commissions to a real estate agent and that house could be on the market for months. So the the same thing goes when you're talking about investing in retirement accounts or investing in a single family home. Either way you slice it, investing your money is going to prevent easy access for you using that money in the near term. That's right. And the Roth IRA, just like we mentioned, right? It does offer a bit more of a middle ground here. Like, and that's part of the reason we do like it is that you can withdraw contributions at any time for whatever you want. But just keep in mind that this doesn't mean you should, but you can. Yeah. Like, just like you said, Matt, you were able to withdraw all your contributions and you didn't lose money. But that might not be the case for a lot of people. Yeah, it could stock- have been a down market sure. and I would have lost a lot of money, dude. Yeah. If there's a bad six month time period and the stock market goes down, well, you can still pull out your contributions. There's just less of your contribution sitting there for you to pull. Yeah. And we're also not fond of taking out 401k loans or tapping a retirement account like a traditional IRA. We would recommend that you consider that money untouchable. And so if you think you'll need access to those funds earlier than your late 50s, then just don't invest that money into a retirement account. You can still invest that money, but maybe you would want to invest that in a brokerage account where you won't get penalized for making those larger withdrawals. Yeah, you'll just pay capital gains tax on the earnings. But if you have a longer time horizon, a Roth IRA or a brokerage account are definitely good ways to funnel your money. But Matt, when it comes to liquidity, when we're talking about savings, well, popping your funds into a savings or checking account 
means you can grab it basically any time, right? There's no hoops to jump through. You don't have to sell any funds in order to liquidate that money. And if we're talking about a rental house, you don't have to put it on the market and go through all that rigmarole. You can just grab the money when you need it. And this is obviously great. If you've been house hunting and you're looking for like the perfect deal to pounce on, that money is ready to go. It's sitting there in your account. But this is also the biggest downside to money in our savings accounts. It's ready to go. It's right there for us to access. And it takes more self-control and discipline for us not to blow that money. So when we're talking about liquidity, right, there's like a good side and a bad side. It's very good to have access to liquid cash in case an emergency comes up or we're actually saving for a goal. But the flip side of liquidity means that it's easier for us to access. And maybe we choose to access it for a reason that's not actually beneficial for us. And, and that would be the time where having your money stashed away in savings or a checking account uh, can actually hurt us. We might be tempted to buy stuff with it today instead of setting it aside and investing it for the long term. That's right. You've got to have a little bit more discipline if you're going to have a beefy savings account. So Joel, another major difference before we decide whether to save or invest our money is rate of return. When you save your money, it's not going to make you wealthy, right? Especially not right now. In fact, rates are so low currently that we're not even earning enough to cover the rate of inflation. We mentioned this on a recent Ask How to Money episode, uh, but savings rates have been dropping, which is a huge downside to putting your money in savings accounts right now. They won't be crazy low forever, uh, but it's hard to know how long rates will be depressed. But honestly, that's just the price we have to pay right now if you want to have easy access to money because you want to use that money for a short-term goal. Yeah, you just got to deal with declining savings rates and it stinks. And I think that is one of the things that is tempting probably more people to invest their yeah, money yeah, instead totally. of saving it. It's like declining rates. The stock market's booming. Been blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should be investing more of my money. And maybe you should be, but also maybe you shouldn't, right? So let's talk about investing, the rate of return there. That's something we do need to take into consideration. Investing is attractive because we can get much higher rates of return over time. For instance, Matt, the S&P 500 had a 29% return last year. I mean, that's incredible, right? And you're that's pretty sweet. Yeah, your average savings account had a return of what? Probably 2.25%. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it's way less than that, honestly. Oh, aver okay. National average is much, much lower, but yeah. I'm talking about our high interest savings accounts that we talk about. Yeah, those were up near those lofty rates or semi lofty, I guess. Lofty rates of two and a quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now they've dipped down to the 1.7, 1.8 range. So they're, they're even lower. And just seeing that stat might make you say, all right, I need to be investing more of my money. But you can't predict the immediate future. And the exact opposite could happen this year. So rate of return is a known commodity when we're talking about savings, but it's very unknown on a short time horizon if we choose to be an investor. Investing can lure should-be savers because of the promise of greater returns, but that can also put us in an uncomfortable position by investing money that we need liquid access to. So if we're investing in that manner, if we're thinking of it on a short time horizon, then it's more like gambling. It's it's less making a wise decision for the future. And we're taking a bad approach. We're basically gambling on short-term economic results. And Joel, you mentioning last year's rate of return, right? In the stock market. It makes me think of not just last year, but the past 11 years. Like I think about all of our listeners who maybe have only known a bull market. Maybe they got a job right out of college 10 years ago, 11 years ago, they graduated in 09, right? And they're like, this investing thing's easy. Yeah, this is so easy. You just put your money here and it grows like crazy. <laughs> because that has been what we've seen over the past 11 years. But we know from history that this is not normal. Like I'm not at all saying that the market's going to crash soon. But 
this upward trend of 11 straight years of growth is it's not normal it's not something that we can count on well it's literally the longest bull market in united states history history. exactly and so i think if we get too comfortable with that or if that's all that we're looking at we're only looking at the past decade we're going to think that well of course i can throw money into the market for the short term it's only going to go up but that is not the case and so if you end up investing that money in an attempt to maximize your profit well if you need that money for more near-term goals you might find yourself in a tough position when the time comes for you to actually withdraw that money if we've seen a market correction. Yeah, Matt, I mean, talking rate of return, that's definitely something that we have to take into consideration. And you're talking about the exuberance, essentially, that people can have correlated with investing and the stock market. The same is true in the housing market. And I think sometimes people assume that just because things have gone well in housing, boom, I should get in there, I should invest my money, I need to be a part of that. But just know that, again, prior history, the past five years or 10 years of performance in the stock market or in the real estate market. That doesn't mean you're going to see a similar trajectory over the next 10 years. You might, but there's a good chance you might not too. So yeah, yeah, so just be careful before you actually invest. Know that the rate of return is an important consideration, but your timeline is just as important. Yeah, so true, Joel. All right. Well, after the break, we're going to get to some action steps, things that you can actually do when you are deciding whether you should be investing your money or saving your money. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. No matter how hard of a worker you are, you probably like to kick back, relax, and just chill every now and then. But if you're an investor, that's the last thing you want your money to be doing. You want it to be out there working hard and kicking butt. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Betterment's automated technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help maximize returns. We're talking tools like diversified, expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs, 
Keeping those expense ratios low is key to seeing your investments compound over the years and decades. A high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Listeners know that they need to have an emergency fund set aside for those completely unforeseen expenses. A high-yield cash account is the perfect place to park that money in automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. That way, if certain industries are, say, growing like crazy, your portfolio, it stays on track. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, Matt, we're back. We're talking about saving versus investing. There are benefits to both, but there are pitfalls to both. And so we've talked about the time horizon, liquidity, rate of return, but we got to get into risk. There's risk on both fronts, depending on which one you choose. So the reason you can make a higher rate of return by investing your money in the market or in real estate is because of the inherent risks that come alongside of that. More risk is basically accompanied by higher potential reward. So if we're talking about savings, well, there's not really any risk, right? If we only do business with banks that have FDIC insurance and we keep our total assets at that bank under the FDIC insured minimum, which is 250000 So if you got more of that in That's savings... That's a pretty big e-fund. Yeah. yeah. If, you've got, if you've got more than that in savings, you probably should be investing more. But the biggest risk here is opportunity cost and seeing our savings getting nibbled down little by little by inflation. And that's why we need to be investing and not just bulking up that savings account into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's right. And when it comes to investing, there is a lot of short-term risk when we're talking about investing our money, right? Due to the natural fluctuations of the market. We covered this back in episode 69 in greater depth, but the longer that you're able to sit tight and stay invested, the less risk you'll realize. Joel, you, you know, earlier in the episode, you were talking about once you hit seven years, there is a, a much less chance of you losing money in the market, but there is still some chance, right? Yeah. You get up to 10 years and that risk is even smaller. Once you get up to 15 years, there is no 15-year period of the stock market declining. You're pretty much guaranteed to earn money and not just a little bit, but chances are you're going to earn a lot of money. And so the risk that's involved when it comes to investing has to do with the short term. There's also a significant amount of risk if you're considering single stocks. We talk about this all the time. But the way to combat that is to look to widely diversified low-cost index funds. There are ways to avoid the inherent risk that comes with the stock market. And again, we'd recommend listening back to episode 69 where we really dove into what we perceive as risk, but in actuality, what is the, the real risk that we're facing? Yeah, Matt. And I think honestly, some of this kind of comes down to personality type. 
And sometimes studies show that it comes down to gender. Women are typically a little more conservative when it comes to investing. Men might be a little more exuberant. And both yeah, sides... Yeah, you, you are way more prone to invest in Beanie Babies and... Right, uh, exactly. Hatchimals. Or... I mean, I got like 5,000 of them. I'm just waiting for the market to bounce back on Beanie Babies. It's I, like, I, I know the market's going to go up. <laughs> I saw those boxes of uh, Beyblades in your trunk too. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, how do you know all the children's toys, that, you know? Well, I know about Beyblades because when I was a kid, I was really into battling tops. Did you, you ever play with those as a kid? I don't think so. I played with Pogs back in the day. Yeah, Pogs. No, so battling tops were virtually exactly like Beyblades today. They were just called something different. So it all comes around, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, my, my nephew played with Beyblades at least for like a hot oh, nice. minute. <laughs> but, but basically, yeah, it, it, depending on your personality type, sometimes your gender, you might have different propensities. You might be a little more conservative by nature. You might be a little more prone to risk. But hopefully the things that we're lining up here, time horizon, liquidity, rate of return and risk, if you think through those things well, we're going to have some solid ground to land on when we're deciding whether or not to invest our money or save our money. And for those of us who are a little more prone towards being savers and we get scared of investing in the stock market, well, hopefully this gives us a little bit of a, a push to actually start getting invested. And for those of us who are a little risky by nature and we go too hard in the investing direction and we don't have any left to save for some of those short-term goals, well, maybe we back off what we're dedicating towards our retirement accounts and we uh, prioritize saving for some of those short-term goals a little bit. So yeah, either way you fall, whether you have a higher tendency towards being an investor or a saver, I think these principles, taking these things into account can actually help us make a better decision uh, about how we're going to allocate our money. Yeah. And so the next question that listeners might be asking themselves is, okay, like I've decided that it's time for me to save or I've decided it's time to invest. Or both. Yeah. Where do I go? Right. And so when it comes to saving, we would recommend that you check out the different online banks who offer those high interest rates. There's tons of them out there, but they are our favorite spot for putting your savings. The the competition is robust. And so, you know, to narrow it down, look for great customer service and those competitive interest rates. Joel, you've got a great article on the site there talking about why you opened an account with CIT. They are a great option. A lot of folks might be wondering why we're not mentioning, you know, the local bank or your local credit union. And that's because, first of all, they're not offering great interest rates. Secondly, their online banking can be a little lacking. Uh, they offer great loan products when it comes to the interest rate that they're offering when you're looking to borrow money. Yeah. But when it comes to you know the interest rate that they're paying you, a lot of times it's not going to be that great. Yeah. I love credit unions for borrowing. Not awesome for saving. Yeah. But the worst for saving is the big banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. So online banks are a good place to start. CIT is great. Discover, Ally, Matt. I mean, uh, there's so many good ones at this point. Marcus, another person recently uh, left us a message and asked about their Marcus account. I mean, there, there are a lot of great places to go online to get a decent savings rate now. Just, yeah, make sure you prioritize customer service at the same time. So when we're talking about investing, well, where should you go then? Well, your work retirement account is a good place to start if you have one and especially if you have a company match. And at a minimum, you want to prioritize getting that match. If you're investing on your own, go to a low-cost investment house. Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, and M1 are our favorites. Open up a Roth or a traditional IRA and invest in low-cost funds. And there are other ways to invest besides just retirement accounts. Real estate is another thing to consider. We've talked about that in the past. But just know that investing, there are a lot of great places for you to land. Don't go on the recommendation of maybe someone who's helped you buy insurance before, or maybe even just a friend. We would highly suggest the low-cost companies that we just mentioned. And also remember as well that you don't have to be 100% saving or 100% investing. There can be a happy medium. The Roth IRA can give us a little bit of flexibility and allow us to become investors on a slightly shorter time horizon since we will have access to those contributions like we discussed earlier. 
But just keep in mind that in a savings account, you can't lose your principal, right? Like you can't lose your contributions, but you can when invested in a Roth, right? There's all these trade-offs that you need to consider that we've talked about through this episode, but just make sure you keep that in mind. And a lot of folks might be wondering about CDs, uh, certificates of deposit. And in that case, we would recommend to not even really consider CDs because the rates that are being offered right now Man, they are not much higher, if at all higher, than the high interest savings rates that are being offered by the online banks. Yeah. So you can kind of skip those altogether and not have your money tied up for a year, three years, five years, whatever it is. Yeah, I think CDs used to be a little more beneficial. They, they just seem like they're kind of dying on yeah, the vine. Falling off the wayside. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because the online savings accounts have become so good and they're paying such high rates. So now that we know all the risks associated with saving versus investing, we know where to go. Well, what do we do now? It depends on what our individual goals are. If you don't yet have an emergency fund, well, you need to have an emergency fund saved of at least $2,467. 2467. Yep. I love, I, that. I love I, that number. I know. I love that specific <laughs> number too that we can give people to shoot for. And I think it's helped a lot of people, Matt, as we've put that out there. They're like, okay, it gives me just a specific amount that I need to hit. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so concrete. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Versus saying, oh, you need to have three to six months worth of living expenses. It's like, okay, well, do I consider like my living expenses now or what I could survive on? Should it be yeah. three? Should it be six? Like, where do I land? Yeah. And then that's still, I think, a good goal to have. But this is at least the minimum goal. Like, okay, yes. this will keep me solvent no matter what happens, typically. Right? And that should be our top priority. Before we go about opening an investment account and starting to fund it, even before we save for other short-term goals, having this emergency fund is going to do wonders for our peace of mind and helping us feel in control of our money. And of course, you want that money to be highly liquid and accessible. So those funds should be in your high interest savings account, one of the ones that we just mentioned. And in an ideal world, you can prioritize both saving and investing, right? That emergency fund of 2467 that is a great start, but you'll need more liquid cash to help you with your future goals, right? How you slice up the percentage that you put towards savings and investing, that's going to differ based on your individual goals, right? Say you don't want to buy a home and you want to retire at age 50. Well, you'll likely funnel way more into your investments, but maybe you want to buy a home in two years? Well, you'll want to beef up your savings for the time being. Ultimately, prioritizing both provides stability and it provides you options to be able to change your mind down the road because goals that you have now may not be the same goal that you have in five or in 10 years. And I think a lot of times too for folks, Joel, they get overwhelmed. They, you know, they see the different accounts like Vanguard, actually. They've got pretty high bars set as far as the minimum amount that you need to get investing. Yeah. Well, a lot of folks like with Fidelity, they don't have minimums when it comes to getting started investing, especially in their different retirement accounts. And so if you're able to even just set aside $20 a month, that can just be a fantastic way to get that ball rolling to where it doesn't feel like this massive, audacious, intimidating thing. Yes. It can be something that they just start plugging away at. Yeah, I think a lot of people hesitate to start investing because they're like, I don't have thousands of bucks to get into the investing game. I'm not an investor. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It feels like this lofty thing that you, you can't achieve. I have to just be a saver right now. But you can be both and you can start investing literally 10, 20 bucks a month. I mean, just getting started is half the battle. Uh, and it makes you at least feel like, you know what? I'm an investor now. I can do this. Yeah. And a company like Fidelity who has zero minimums, Schwab the same, you can get started and at least get on your path to investing for the long haul. And I think too, Matt, it's important to note that you'll likely have to change your allocations over time 
as your goals change, right? Some years you might be more of a saver. Some years you might be more of an investor. It really depends on kind of how those short and long-term goals shape up. And as you get older and you begin to prioritize different things, those goals are going to shift and where you allocate your money is going to shift too. That's right, man. I'm not who I was yesterday. Like, <laughs> You're very different. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen in five years, right? All right, man, let's take it back to the beer. This episode, we had Kong, which is a double hazy IPA by Barrel House Brewing Company. And they are out in California. Joel, what did you think about this beer? Man, I thought it was great. I, I like hazy double IPAs. I feel like uh, Donkey Kong was throwing barrels in my mouth like a pops. <laughs> barrels of hops exploding. <laughs> barrels of flavor. Yeah. So, man, I thought it was really good. I mean, really, it's one of my go-to styles and I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Again, a big thanks to our friend Josh for donating this beer. Uh, Joel, I noticed on the label as well uh, where it says, instead of saying high score, it says hop score. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's got 10 IBUs, which is a nerdy beer thing about like international bitterness units. Yeah, Isn't that yeah, what yeah. that stands for? That's exactly what that stands for. And so 10, it's not super high, which means this beer drank pretty sweet and mellow. It kind of drank like orange juice, which we've described many a beer tasting like that before, which means that we really enjoyed this one. We'd recommend for you to check out that brewery if you're ever out there near Barrel House. But Joel, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Our listeners, you can find more helpful information up on our site at howtomoney.com. Yeah, man. And I noticed we've had a bunch of new listeners come on since we hit 2020, which is great. We love inviting new listeners into the show. Don't forget to give our Facebook group a shot. Just search How to Money in the Facebook search bar and you'll stumble upon our group. It's really helpful. A lot of great people in there. A lot of robust conversation. Yeah. Over 5,000 members now, which is really, really cool to see. Yeah. And also, uh, if you're new, go back and listen to some of the prior episodes. Matt, we've covered so much information through 163 episodes. At this point, I can't believe Woo! it's been this many. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're a new listener, go back and check out some of those older shows. There's some really good stuff in there for you. Yeah, buddy. You know, we've covered a lot of topics and we're going to continue to. You so know it. that's going to be it for this episode, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. 
Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.